This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello and welcome to another Bugle bonus as we approach show 200. Uh, this week, it's the turn of Andy Zaltzman. Hello, Andy. Hello, Chris. Hello, Buglers. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm doing okay, thanks, Chris. Are you excited about uh, Bugle 200? Well, I think it's going to be one of the greatest moments in the history of human civilization, Chris. So, yes, of course I'm excited about it. It's the 21st century's uh, Sistine Chapel ceiling, I like to think of it, but more so. I've got about, uh, well, I've got loads of questions for you. We've had hundreds submitted, um, so I'm going to crack on with them right away. Uh, straight up, let's set the scene. James Walker-Dean, what is the Bugle? What is the Bugle? Well, the Bugle is the single most uh, reliable source of facts and news uh, in the universe, I would say. Um, that might be that might not entirely be a fact or news, but uh, I think the point stands. It's uh, it's pretty. I think a, a you know a bastion of, of hope in, in an otherwise gloomy world. It's something that people can cling on to in in metaphorically and literally stormy weather. It's it's it, it's basically the one thing that is keeping the planet just about ticking over. I don't think I'm going over the top when I say that, but uh, I guess we'll let history be the judge. You're holding back. You're holding back. Yeah. Uh, David Maguire and Erica Gottfried, very similar questions from those. Uh, what's your daily routine b- uh, before recording The Bugle? Uh, does it involve a life-size cutout of Florence Nightingale and a tub of goat's cheese? And Erica adds, do you just wing it every week? <laughs> uh, the, the question about the Florence Nightingale life-size cutout and the goat's cheese is currently subdued to say, so I'm not, I'm not at liberty to comment <laughs> on that until the court case is completed. Uh, basically, uh, the last sort of 48 hours before a bugle involve a lot of visualisation exercises, some uh, altitude training where I you know, write some jokes and then float up in a hot air balloon to see if they work at uh, 30,000 feet. Um, obviously, eating a lot of high-carb foods. you got a carbo like before doing uh, an intensive podcast such as the bugle. And uh, just reading passages from the Bible just to, to calm, calm myself down. So... Um, so basically, basically that, plus uh, frantically catching up on news and um, desperately trying to see the funny side as the world slowly rips itself to pieces. So um, uh, we don't wing it, no, no. I, don't, I mean, we partially wing it, but uh, those wings have been at least tested in advance. So we're not. It's not. This is not an Icarus-style production. This is more a uh, quality aircraft. Uh, there are. Uh, there is less air um the higher up you go does does the lack of oxygen and the altitude training suggest how the pun run came into existence <laughs> yeah i guess uh when a lack of oxygen has been proved to uh to to, to cause greater incidence of puns uh, as anyone who's seen my live show in the last year will know that forster syndrome a medical condition that makes you uh, more predisposed to punning uh, so i guess altitude could definitely uh, play a part now it'd be interesting to have a, a full transcript of exactly what uh, Edmund Hillary and uh, and uh, Tenzing Norgay were talking about as they headed to the top of Mount Everest in 1953 it's probably just gag after gag after gag <laughs> in fact I might, I might see for the next bugle I'll, I might see if I can discover the long lost transcript from that as you know as you know we've uncovered a lot of uh, very important documents so including, of course, uh, John Grisham's unpublished Congressman's Penis novel and uh, 
and the full details of, uh, of what happened when Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel a long time ago. So, so maybe that could be the next Bugle exclusive is what, what, what Hillary and Tensin were saying to each other as, uh, as things were increasingly tensing up and becoming hilarious. <clears throat> I'd imagine it was along those lines. You mentioned uh, the congressman's penis. Paul West asks, um, if it was made into a TV series, or better yet, he says a Hollywood blockbuster, who would you cast as Stantanio, and who is the penis? <laughs> well, I think uh, The Bugle's American uh, would, uh, would, uh, would make a very good Stantanio. Yep. Um, regarding the penis, uh, I don't know. Is Bob Hope still alive? I mean, he's probably shriveled up enough to... to Perform a, a pretty, pretty lot. It would look like a penis in a cold room. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's no criticism of the man, but uh, um, yeah, I've not really, I've not really thought too much about the casting of it. I mean, we're still very much at the early stages of um, of getting the congressman's penis made as a Hollywood blockbuster. So, uh, yeah, who, who can say? Maybe uh, I, I, I don't know. John Cusack. He could, uh, he could probably do a job for. Uh, Wow. Hulk Hogan. We know he's a mass, yep. massive Bugle fan. Cusack and Hogan. Yeah, yeah nice, nice. Uh, Mark Neymark uh, asks, what's the artistic process that you follow coming up with your pun fests? And just what the f*** is wrong with them? What the f*** is wrong with him? And I think when he says him, he means you. Right. Well, I mean, it's. I don't really want to give away secrets of the trade. You know, the, the techniques that go into creating a pun run have been honed uh, over generations in the Zaltzman family. It's secrets passed down, very much like the recipe for Kentucky Fried Chicken, but but uh, healthier. And um, no, what, I mean, what do you mean? What is wrong with me? What kind of question is that? Well, I mean, I, I take I take deep, lifelong personal offence to that. You know, that's that everyone knows that's. Um, you know the pun really really offers truth to the world in a format that it doesn't necessarily always seek truth in so uh i, I think you know it's 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 basic it's it's comedic medicine i think you know right. it, it, you might not enjoy it at the time but it's doing you long-term good brad skinner asks if you were doing a pun run in the middle of a forest would anyone hear jordan scream <laughs> Well, well done, Brad. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the ultimate philosophical philosophical quandaries, isn't it? That's um, yeah, you know, uh, I mean that's the same as you know if you're if you're if you're on a raft in the middle of the ocean and you hit yourself in the face, are you an idiot? That's <laughs> no, no one knows. There's no there's no right or wrong answer to this. I would say that I'll hope the the echoes of it, as as um, uh, Maximus immortally said in uh, Gladiator. Uh, what we do in this life echoes in eternity and I think you know the puns we tell in this life will echo in eternity so I would hope that even if John is not there in the forest to fully appreciate the puns he, he will be haunted in the afterlife by their distant echo <laughs> um, finally last question on the puns from Chris Puma uh, great surname uh, how much does it cost to commission a bespoke pun run? <laughs> Let's say there was a topic that my partner particularly cared about and I wanted to surprise him with a lovely handcrafted pun run about it as a birthday gift. Well, I mean, the average pun run takes between, uh, I guess, six and nine months to create. Uh, okay. You know, it's not just the writing the puns, it's testing them out on animals to make sure that they're valid and safe for public consumption. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of research goes into that, some high-tech equipment, you know, calculating the finest wordplay available to humanity. So, if you think about all the overhead costs and the time taken, I'd say probably around about uh, £15. <laughs> there you go, Chris. You've had a quote. <laughs> uh, there, there's been several people asking about the audio cryptic crossword, Andy. Yeah. Ever again? Well, I mean, never say never. Say never. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I know it's it, it's split opinion, and uh, you know, didn't just split it, but lathered it in ice cream and whacked a cherry on top. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I might have to consult with John see if he's uh, if he's open to that. But um, uh, do you, what do you think John's answer would be? Oh, he'd probably tell me where to stick myself. But uh, you know, that's just the start of negotiations, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I, I'd quite like to do another one, but uh, you know, that might cause ructions that bring about the end of the bugle so it might be a, 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 you know, a high risk operation Adam Button uh, you can use the curse of the bugle to get rid of anyone in the world who do you choose uh, <laughs> to get rid of them what to have them annihilated yeah. I mean, that's, uh, who do you want dead Andy that, come on tell us uh, that's, a, that's a tough one particularly as my wife is sitting just in the next room so um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a tough question I'm not really into killing people with it you don't have to answer it Andy but, I'm not expecting you to yeah Seth Blatter he, 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 and Michelle Platini possibly okay, terms of yeah. football administrator most sports administrators I think the world could probably do without maybe we should set up a lunar colony only for sports administrators so wow. they can only ruin sports on the moon and not on earth as they've been sent here to do so by whatever malevolent deity is running this place does my administration of the North East London Cricket League's website count towards that and therefore do I need to get a <laughs> ticket to the moon? Well, I don't know what what crackpot crazy schemes you've come up with. Like Michelle. I expect all teams to submit their reports by Sunday night, Andy. To me, you know, as an objective outsider, that seems reasonable, Chris. I might, I might, <laughs> I might let you off. But, okay, thank you. you know, that, that's probably how Blatter started as well. Uh, we had a couple of disaster-themed questions. Uh, which was quite surprising and I thought I'd put a couple of them to you uh, Kevin Hiscox if you were caught in an alive disaster type scenario with food rations non-existent who would you rather eat John or me uh, well John is thanks I mean, John is uh, John is quite a I mean, he's quite a scrawny individual Chris I know you, yeah. you know, you're a tremendous physical specimen you know one of the best, one of the world's yeah, leading yeah. leading triathletes and, I'm more of a meal. And, uh, you know, obviously you did lose the London Marathon, but uh, you had injury problems. So, um, and, you know, lots of people lost that marathon. There's only one winner, 30,000 total losers. So, but I reckon you'd probably make uh, make uh, better meats than John. Uh, John, you'd probably want to boil down for stock, whereas uh, I reckon you could get some pretty decent steaks out of you, Chris. So uh, I'd probably go for you first, and then uh, if things got really desperate, then I'd eat John second. Well, that uh, quote's going on my CV. So, uh, thank you. Uh, Nathan Burgess, you're on an aeroplane. Yeah. The engines have failed and the plane is going down. There are only two parachutes and you are wearing one. Yeah. Also on the plane with you, John Oliver, producer Chris, your lovely wife, yeah. and a life-size statue of Florence Nightingale made entirely of Serrano ham. <laughs> Who gets the second parachute? Well, is this plane definitely going down? It's going down. Right. Oh man, that is a tough call. And that, that that really is a tough call. She's in the room next to you. She's in the room. Obviously, obviously, my wife would definitely be on the list of contenders. 
But you know, I mean, Serrano Ham is you know particularly you know if I'm going to have to think about if this is a similar scenario to the previous one where I might have to eat a person to survive, then I probably don't want to have to eat my own wife. Whereas a statue of Florence Nightingale made out of Serrano Ham, no, there'd be no guilt involved in that. It'd be a tribute as much as anything. So I think I'd. Wow. Uh, I'd probably, I'd probably go with the Serrano ham statue and trust that John's Hollywood connections could get him out of trouble and get, and get you and the wife out of trouble as well. That's very, very diplomatically put. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Lider, three questions. Uh, one of them I'll answer. Who's your favourite producer? That's obviously me, not Tom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why do you think John is so bad at coming up with puns? Well, I think he, uh, he fears the pun. and um, I mean, it's probably something to do with his... Uh, his upbringing maybe he had a difficult, difficult relationship with his parents uh, when he was young, and that that can really restrict a person's ability to make puns. That's why uh, <laughs> that's only why Hitler made so few puns. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know, he, he fears the comedic beast that could be awakened within. He did. He did make a pun recently on the bugle. He Spontaneous did. His pun. I can't remember exactly what it yeah, was. Yeah. It, it was. It was kind of like something really dirty had happened. That's um. You know when you. Uh, you chip away that iceberg then underneath you, you may find an ice cream as Aristotle said so maybe that'll be the way with with John and puns uh, I don't know I mean, it's, a, it's a great mystery so it's one of his significant flaws as a human being that and, and shirking tackles on the football pitch <laughs> uh, finally uh, this is a question I actually get asked uh, most weeks and I, I, any regular bugler uh, will know we, we did say we were taking a few weeks off yeah um, but but given that Bugle 200 is just seven days away as we record oh, yeah. this, awesome. Uh, Kenneth Leung asks, "Where's my fucking Bugle?" <laughs> well, that's a legitimate question. People seem to ask that. It is within usually about five minutes of us having recorded it, which I think is expecting yeah. too much, even as of a producer as efficient as you, Chris. So, Thank you. So, but our Bugle 200 will be very much worth waiting for, and uh, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it will also hopefully coincide with the launch of official Bugle merchandise a mere four and three quarter years after we started doing the Bugle as the ruthless commercial enterprise that we've always been. So, um, exciting times, Buglers. Hang on. The wait will make it sweeter. Uh, Andy Zaltzman, congratulations on all your success. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Chris. It's been an honour and a career highlight to talk to you. But... Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.